All right, hope everybody's doing good. We are here today with a drummer and singer here in town, uh, Danny Montero. How you doing, hey, man? What's up, brother? Thanks for being here. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'd love to talk about his band here in a minute, but I, I'm sure I met you with uh, with Dave and Paul for yeah. the first time at, at their jam. The I'm jam. sure. And uh, I've always, I've always loved listening to you play drums because. It's so great for somebody like me or a saxophone player to not have to kind of look back here and go, what the hell is going on back there, you know, back in the rhythm section and having people that are holding it down. Like, um, I'm sure you'd agree that you can have a bunch of gangbusters up in front, but when when the drummer's kind of yeah. not knowing what they're doing, boy, the whole band sounds pretty bad, right? Yeah, so I've always been impressed by your playing, well, man. Cool, man. I appreciate that. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. And uh, um, but anyway, but uh, so how did how did you get started get started playing and whatnot? Um, well, I started. My brother was doing Wipeout on the corner, and I liked the way he did it. I was probably six or seven. And he started to do it on the table, and that's what inspired me, believe it or not. It was my brother. Mm -hmm. But um, I started probably around the age of 10. Uh, I saved up um, to get my first drum set, and I bought it at 10. I'm self-taught, uh, pretty much. I never really took any lessons from mm -hmm. anybody. Yeah. Um, I went to, when I went to high school, I mean, I got kicked out of, marching band because I didn't hold my drumsticks right and it was just uh, uh, but uh, aside from that getting started it was uh, uh, you know it was just kind of a self-taught thing it was just a wantingness to play mm -hmm. drums it was just a thing I guess but I, I musically I just had it in me somewhere that uh, it was singing and playing so uh, yeah, I just started with a beat-up drum set that this guy sold me, a buddy of mine that's mm -hmm. still around. Uh, and uh, for 125 bucks, it was an old Slingerland, real beat-up. And uh, I had it in the basement, and I had my own microphone, and I had it tied with duct tape and a wire from the ceiling. Heck and yeah. then I duct taped the mic to the to the wire and uh, you know just improvised and then sang along with the radio and played so that just I you know I just got me started on the singing and playing part uh, and my voice developed I guess just going along you know years of playing too so but that's how kind of that started uh, yeah cool man you know, I didn't really the only influences I really had were I was into the lot of Santana. My first yeah. album was Jethro Tull and Led Zeppelin, believe it or not. Yeah. Because my brothers and my sisters liked that. It was Aqualon and uh, Stairway to Heaven was my first. Uh, those were my really first two albums. Kiss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, were, you know, influences. I was a big Kiss fan when I was young. But So it sounds like a lot of classic rock kind of stuff, huh? Like yeah. 70s, 70s stuff. Yeah, yeah. 70s, man. Because, I mean, I didn't... It was... You know, I, even before that, I kind of listened to... I got. I grew up with a lot of Spanish stuff that mm -hmm. my dad played. Yeah. Uh, old school 
from Mexico, uh, some of the artists from Mexico. Yeah. So I grew up listening to that in the household. Yeah. Aside from the other stuff that my right. brothers used to play, I never really grew up with Elvis or anything like that, man. Mm -hmm. My dad was not a big Elvis fan at all. Uh, so it was just uh, more of that. And then I just graduated into learning more stuff and through high school and liking like more like everything getting into a lot of Santana because that my brother and my sister turned me on to like Grover Washington and stuff like mm -hmm. that Spyro Gyra mm -hmm. so I grew up with stuff like that instead of more like ACDC and stuff it wasn't really classic rock that I listened to yeah so, um, so talk about the kind of Latin stuff that you were listening to, like you were talking about. So what, like, first of all, as a kid, do you, did you like that stuff or did you grow to like it? Or like, what, how is that? I, um, you know, I, I like the sound of it. I, and I, I just, my, I, you know, I guess it's in the blood or in the, the, I don't know, but I just, uh, I was attracted to it, to the Latin grooves, mm -hmm. to Santana, Malo, Ch uh, Chicano, El Chicano. Uh, so, uh, you know, and then my brothers were playing some of that. My brother, Raul, he listened to a lot of that. My sisters did. And so that influenced me, mm -hmm. and I got into that. And since I was really like the only musician really in the, in the family, uh, you know, I started getting into it because they just listened to it and mm -hmm. turned me on to it. But I, I just, I played it. I wanted to get into it and learn it and play it. And, and then drums, of course, were what I really loved. But, you know, and then the Latin grooves because I, 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 I also played timbales and percussion and congas mm -hmm. and all that. And so I like to experiment with that and that turned me on too. I, I went and saved up my money and bought my first timbales. Mm. So I, I, you know, and then I remember when I first bought my first drum set, real drum set, because that drum set, that, that first one, that, the very first one that I had, my Tom, it was, it was so, it was such a weird old set. <laughs> And it was like worth nothing, man. Mm. It was really, it was like trashed out. It could barely play. Yeah. And so the tom was a sneer. It was a sneer with no bottom hand. Yeah, that's thing. funny. And so that was my tom-tom. And then I had this old beat-up sneer and an old beat-up floor tom and a, and a kick drum. It was a slingerland. And I remember I had it in the basement and a 1982 flood, or I think it was an 82, uh, don't mm. quote me on that, uh, over there on the plaza. Mm. Uh, when that happened, that big flood, it flooded my mom's basement mm. and it damaged the kids. Sure, yeah. Stuff. But that kit got me started, but it was, it was, it was such a thrill to get a new kit, man. Mm. I was something. I got it at Big Dudes, my very first kid, and I loved it. So. Yeah. So I know that on drums, because you hear guitar players a lot kind of obsess about their equipment. You know, they're, they're probably the way, out of all the, the types of, like, instrument people, I think guitar players are the worst about talking about their 
this watts and I have right. this, you know, this pedal and this fender, blah, 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 you know, and, but with drums, everybody think, I think novices think that all drums are the same and they're not even close to the, like all drum sets, you can just go pound on them and it's whatever. Right, right. But, uh, I know that, uh, like it's a big deal to have your snare be your tom. Right, that's right. It. it's not the same, right? Right, it's and, not the same. It's and, an yeah. odd, it's an odd drum to even have up there. He just basically had a drum up there. Yeah, it was sure. just a tom tom. It was a snare that was made into a tom tom. So mm -hmm. it wasn't even a real drum kit, if you right, call right. it that. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, just graduating to new gear and having new gear yeah. and learning about that and mm -hmm. and being smart about it and mm -hmm. and and just taking that on and and learning what sound and 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 selecting my drums by ear and not mm -hmm. by sight. Yeah, that's right. how I yeah. do everything. Right, I select my drums by ear. Mm -hmm. So when, I, aside from drums themselves. When I buy a symbol, mm -hmm. regardless what the name of it is on the symbol, I don't go by name. I go by what I hear. Mm -hmm. And so if there's a symbol on the stand and it looks good and I'm looking for a certain crash, I'll go in there and I'll smack it. If I like that sound, then that's what I'm going to get. If mm -hmm. I don't like the sound, whether it be Sabian, Peisty, or whatever. Zildjian, whatever, yeah. Zildjian, yeah. yeah. It just, it doesn't matter. It's just... It could be a trash can lid if I want, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if that's uh, if that trash can lid sounds good, then I'm going to get it. You know? Yeah, just, I think a lot of kids do that as they go for the shiny one. You know, like like in the, I always say like the cereal aisle. They want the one with the pretty colors, you know, but you sound yeah. like crap. You know, so what is that pretty, the purple violin for us, you know? Right, they, they want right. the blue one, you know, well. But which is cool, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And it's not, and now see, that's, Right now I'm at that stage because I got I'm I'm pretty set on sound good sounding kits at yeah. home. I got I got five kits, two oh, wow. four that are working. Uh, the fifth one is in just pieces. Yeah. Um, the, so the four I'm I'm pretty happy with them. Actually, I got three now. I yeah. sold one. So the three I'm happy with. They I rotate them. Yeah. Uh, to use them so I don't let them sit in the corner. Or, mm -hmm. I like to rotate them. But now there's a, there's a kit that I want to get that's uh, it's pretty flashy. It looks nice. Um, and it's a good uh, it's a good company that makes it. So uh, speaking of flashy, I, 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 I think I'm going to purchase it because it looks nice and it would look nice on stage. Um, uh, sounding wise, I'm sure it's going to sound good because it's a good company. Mm -hmm. The toms are the size I want. They're the make and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know that this is a, probably the first time that I'm going to purchase something because it's flashy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but this is uh, I'm gonna. I think I'm going to purchase it because I want it. It looks mm -hmm. nice. It's a real nice kit. It would look good and that's stage. big to trust the company too, you know. I mean, it's it's yeah. something that happens a lot, you know. Well, you, and that we, yeah. you kind of you kind of have dealt with Fender or whatever, or the Zildjian or whatever, you know, whatever the company is, and you you 
you know that their stuff's not going to be trash. You just might not like it. You know, I mean, in general, right. whatever the company is that you, you right, know, right. like. So, so that's, that's it's probably just not a terrible bat, right? Right. No, yeah. no. I mean, uh, uh, the company that I've chosen to get it from is, is I've got some of their drums anyway, which I, I like and the sound I like. Mm -hmm. So I've got confidence in that company. Sure. If it was a company that I didn't enjoy or I thought that wasn't worth buying, mm -hmm. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't really yeah. want to purchase it because I don't trust that company. Yeah, you know? sure. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it would be, because in my field right now, what for what I'm doing right now, I'm setting up, breaking down, setting up, breaking down, mm -hmm. setting up, breaking down. My kid has to go through that all the time. Plus all the knuckleheads, speaking of the jams, yeah. all the knuckleheads and uh, you know, to go in there and just, you know, lay on it, which yeah. is not, hey man, I expect that. It's a jam yeah. session, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but we'll get in, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. if you got that in a minute, but yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's why, you know, I try to also take, you know, uh, my older stuff, mm -hmm. not my good yeah. stuff. So I'm sure, I'm sure any of the guitar, you know, guitar people bring in their not yeah. two thousand dollar amp. <laughs> you know, they bring well, in their. Well, you know, I noticed that, you but know. you know, it's funny because Dave, as much as I love him to death, he's he just brings his guitars and lays them all together. He's not real cautious about his guitars, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I, it's amazing to me because it, just like you say, guitar players are real finicky about it. And I love his attitude about his guitars, man. I just, because it's great. It's like, you know, you just like, don't give a shit, right? Mm -hmm. You just yeah. throw them there and you're just ready to go. But, um, and that's kind of how I have the attitude towards my kid. Mm -hmm. uh, when I bring my older stuff, I right. just put it out there, go ahead, man, bang on it. You know, uh, uh, if it cracks, it's okay because that's what it's for. Yeah. Because I'm not going to put my good stuff out there and then mm -hmm. a knucklehead crack it. If I'm going to crack it, it's going to be me. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So. And, and I know that that happens to a lot of us too where it's it's almost kind of a and maybe Dave's Dave's idea or anybody else's idea is that you know uh, bring me the biggest piece of crap guitar you got I'm still gonna shred your face off you know it's right. kind of that challenge attitude kind of a right. thing where you can bring me this crappy instrument you know right, right. because the best instrument in the world the two year old still sucks <laughs> you right. know I mean they're two year old you know but. A really, really great player can make a really bad kit sound pretty good, right. you know. So it, that's the same, too. Yeah. That's true. I mean, yeah. uh, equipment's not everything, you, you know. know yeah, equipment's yeah. not everything. If yeah. you're a good drummer, you're gonna make that kit sound good, regardless yeah. of what it is, man. I, I played on every kind of kit that there is, or tried to anyway, and I've been on real nice and real crappy. Yeah. Man, so. And it's all in how you approach it and how you play it. Of course, me playing, like when I like to play, I like to have good stuff, man. I like yeah. my stuff to and be, and uh, take the endurance that I'm gonna give it, you know what yeah, I mean? Right. Without it yeah. breaking. And so uh, I try to buy the best and use the best, uh, but still, you know, and I feel crappy when I have to 
Because what I do is, man, is I go in there and I put my good stuff on. Because it's my first hour. Mm -hmm. I want to use my stuff. Yeah. That's that's the chance that I get to play my stuff, my Mm -hmm. my kid, right, with the band. So on the next hour, when the jam session comes in, I see drummers come in. Well, I I got my drum tech, Jerry, he'll come up and he'll... I'll tell him, hey man, change my cymbals around. So he'll go up there and he'll grab my cymbals, all right man, and he'll start changing just my two Christ cymbals. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to be an a-hole, right? But yeah. I want to not be able to crash or crack my stuff. Here, crack these, man. So I, put I don't think anybody that. would would fault you for that. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I think then, every single drummer in town understands what you're doing there. Yeah. You know, I, Drums you can beat on, the symbols, the two crashes, that's the, the ride symbol. I don't care, hi hats, they're already broke anyway, but they sound good. You can knock on those. The sneer and the that, the sneer and the two crashes are are kind of the important, man. Right. You know, because, right. uh, you know, even hard hitters, man, when they smack, when they smack on the sneer, they'll welt the sneer. Yeah. Or, yeah. Unnecessarily, I'm not saying they mm-hmm. do it on purpose, right. but uh, sometimes it's like, you know, man, dude, you don't have to play that loud. It's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure all yeah. the musicians that you've talked to have told you that. Yeah, right. So, so speaking of that, speaking of the kind of the the jam that you guys have, I, I, I like coming to your jam because for a couple of reasons. One, your house band is really good. You and Paul and right. Dave are good players. You guys cool. know what's going on. You're, you run a pretty good jam in the sense of getting people up. And and um, and I like the songs you guys are picking, you know, in general too. Uh-huh. Um, and, but, so I've had, you know, we've, on the show, we've talked quite a bit about jams because I've had a lot of jammers on the show. Right. and. And I've had Steve Andrew on and Billy Ebling and, and Paul and Dave. And so I've had some hosts on and we've talked a lot about it. Um, you even mentioned it a, a little bit ago, how when you go to a jam and you kind of get a lot of different, uh, a lot of different types of players, but you also get a lot of different quality of players too. And, and I, I've mentioned right. that I'm not scared to kind of come out and say that once in a while I'm, I get, I get frustrated by, you know, and I'm making a silly example, but guys that started like literally three days ago and they want to get up on stage, right. you know, and, and I know as much, I know that everybody has to kind of get up there and suck for a bit, you know, you can't, but you see, know, what well, what's happens, your opinion of that? Well, let me tell you how that works. What happens is, um, even though these guys, uh, should get a chance and, uh, deserve a chance to get up and play and enjoy to play, which we all started that way. But uh, it it sucks for you, me, or some drummers. Look, it's different for drummers, man, because it's for you guys. It's the drummer. For me, guitar player. As long as there's another guitar player that kind of knows what he's doing, as long as he ain't playing out of whack. It's okay. Keyboard, sax, I don't care. Bass player, Mm -hmm. okay, that means a little bit to me. I got to at least click with the bass player, okay? Yeah. So, for you guys, I would assume it's the drummer. You get a shitty drummer up there that's like way out of whack, man. He's not, Mm. he's not in 
pocket and he, right. again he started three days ago or right. he's been playing for three months or and you know what you know the kind yeah. i'm talking about yeah. so they get you up there with those people it ruins it for you it ruins it for that guy for the other guy for the sax player yeah. the guitar player drummers because drummers are are they're driving the bus man mm -hmm. and if that bus is like this if it's going like this, everybody else in the bus is going like this. Yeah, uh -huh. yep. Come on, man. Yeah, so you guys are so linked with the bass player that that, that is, you guys... It have, makes a difference have, for me. Yeah. yeah. I want to be able to play, link me up with a good bass player yeah. or somebody that at least will follow me, mm -hmm. you know? And so it, it works kind of for everybody like that. That's my view from where my perspective of it, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the damage that it makes. It ruins it for you mm -hmm. and the other players as far as a shitty drummer because right. then it's no fun. Right. It becomes, man, it's like, what is going on? What's wrong with this drummer? Yeah. And, uh, and it's depressing. It's no fun. Yeah. Then the jam... Is, it kind of ruins your night, and so because because this is what I've been getting at, and I'm sorry everybody if I'm repeating myself a lot, but this that what you just said is my general argument with everybody trying to because because I come off like a music snob all the time, and I, I don't mind, and I'm I don't mind too. Right? I don't mind having that title because I am, you know, I right. want stuff good, I like stuff good, but you just made my argument for me that, you know. If you're talking about this kind of two-pronged thing where you're, I either want music to be really, really good or that we're having fun, you know, well, is sort of the, the counter-argument that I always hear to my arguments. But you just made the argument is when you get that bad drummer, what is it not? Fun. Right. <laughs> you know, not you fun. know, so, so it's like so, that's who yeah. wants to go hear bad crap? Zero right, people. No Zero people want to go hear bad music, you know. So I don't. So when you know when I mean? it comes to that point, what's what needs to be done is actually to get is all the players that are kind of at that level, okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm not dis dissing nobody, mm -hmm. but anybody who's at that level, kind of get them together on that, you know, together to play. Mm -hmm. So it's not as bad. Because it's it's really bad, and it doesn't sound bad to, it sounds bad to the audience, and the audience gets uh, discouraged, and they they uh, and they want to leave. I've seen people leave and get discouraged because they're like, man, what happened to the jam? Mm -hmm. It went from man, this is great, and everybody's enjoying it, and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, it's like they got hit by a bus. Mm -hmm. Because they've just literally got somebody up there who's either mm -hmm. had one too many to drink mm -hmm. or, you know, just don't know how to play correctly mm -hmm. or it's just not up to par to the rest of the players. So it's it's important to, to mix your players, man, to who you're going to mm -hmm. team your players up with. And don't get me wrong, man, we've all been there. I'm guilty of it, mm -hmm. too. Of going in there and saying, man, I ain't playing with that guy. Come on, man. How many times have all of us have gone yeah. over there? You know what I mean? All of us as musicians at one point it says, 
man, I ain't playing with that guy because I know how he plays. He just don't know how to play. And then they start coming on over to Paul, oh, I'll get up no. on the next one, you know, and right, you're like, right. don't be trying yeah. to get out of that. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, That's don't be trying to trick. get, you know. And yeah. you know what? I'm getting ready to eat right now. I'll get up on the next one. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, so like, with this thing, and I, again, I, I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, everybody, but so, yeah, so I've come up... I'm going to drink your water if you ain't going to drink it. Oh, yeah, do it, man. Cool. It's whatever. Um, the... So what, what I've thought of is that, so, the, so we have an issue here of we want to, in general, I'm not even talking about one jam, but over like Kansas City jams, because we have a bunch of them, right? Wow. Eight or ten of them, even blues jams. So we have this issue that we want to make sure that the, you know, like um, J Jim Cavanaugh's and may, maybe, you know, somebody like me and the Steve Hawkins and like, so, you know, some people that are, you know, they're decent. They've been to right. many jams. They're they're you know kind of a veteran. We want to make sure that they're up there and they can showcase their stuff as much as they can. Get you know with like your guys as house band type players up there with so they can showcase. Right. But then we have this other problem of allowing the other people. So a couple solutions is one, we get at one particular jam you get kind of towards maybe the low time or the end of the night you get you know kind of a handful of them and you kind of make a kind of a crappy set right second option is you do what you just talked about where you get the one bad guitar you know bad guitar player up there with a bunch of other pretty good guys and then they help kind of carry him and then the other solution is you make the different jams do that Right, and this is what like the foundation and the Blue Room have figured out is that right. the foundation they they kind of went be like, if you come up here, you need to kind of sort of have your crap together, you know, okay. and 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 then you have different jams that go like, well, this is kind of an invite only right. jam, right. or okay. you you know, so that's and, some solutions that right. I've okay, so of. when I was when I went to uh, when I was fortunate enough to go to New Orleans and be down in New Orleans, uh, uh, I did the cruise ships, and so mm -hmm. New Orleans was the main port. We were there like every Monday or Sunday. Um, I didn't know you did the cruise ships, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I didn't know I that. Did two, two, two different cruises I did. Uh, and so, when I was down in New Orleans, man, they, there was jam sessions there, but they were like invitation only, or they were like, hey man, you know, you gotta, do you know how to play, or, you know, we don't just let nobody up here. So, you know, it was kind of, you had to convince these guys, hey man, you know what, I've been around, bro, I know how to play, believe me, I won't let you down, you know, I was kind of almost like, man, begging somebody, you know, man, dude, let me play. I, because I wanted to play. I know these cats were like badasses. And I'm like, man, yeah. I just want to play with you guys, man. Yeah. Just to enjoy the music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And be at that level. Quickly, off the... Not to change the subject, no, but... Uh, I, I love a challenge, man. Yeah. For me, I love to play with better musicians. Mm -hmm. I love a challenge. I love... I'd rather be the lower class musician in the band... Uh, not really, but I'd rather yeah. be the, the one that needs to, you know, hey man, these guys are pro players. I'd rather want to, I, I like a challenge. Yeah. I like to play with those kind of professional people, man. Okay, yeah. so yeah. where I was, okay, anyway, yeah. but the invitation only thing I think is very important. I think they need to probably do that, man. 
you know, try that and say, okay, you know, we're going to sign the list. Or, and then you got everybody signed the list, and then we pick whoever's going to, let's mm -hmm. pick these guys. Okay, you guys, the other guys can't play. But, man, that's hard, that's hard to put to, to I know. I know. put in motion because how many players that gonna, really are kind of like, up. Yeah. you know, they're showing up and, uh, you know, I don't want to mention names, but there's a couple of knuckleheads that I would say, you know what, man, I'd rather you not play. Yeah. You know, but only because you come here and spend money mm -hmm. and you're a patron here and everybody knows you and blah, blah, blah. Well, the other way you could do that is like, for example, like let's say it's a trampled underfoot or your guys' band or whatever. You just, you have your show and you don't, you don't like portray it on KKFI like a jam. You portray it like we are, you know, Dave Hayes band. And then you tell random people, these four guys, hey, if you want to show up, we will let you, you know, that's the way you do it. So nobody, you know, you're not promoting it as a jam. No. That would be another way to kind of do it. Right. So you have kind of a jammy thing where you're able to have uh, people come in. And that's, you know what I mean? that's even a better idea. Yeah, that I mean, too. You know, and yeah, because I think if you isolate players, man, it's going to uh, cause friction there, yeah, right. tension and people aren't going to like that. Right. And then you're going to lose patrons and right. then you might even lose friendships like that, you know, yeah. and you know what, screw yeah. Dave on, you know, piss on him, you know. Right, right, right. So we've yeah. already lost a couple of, of patrons down at the firehouse due mm. to the service there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we don't want. Right. You know? We yeah. want, and, you know, I've had my fill of, 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 uh, Fallen outs with a couple other musicians there, yeah. uh, but not really serious. But yeah. you know, they know they're always invited, man. Yeah. It's it's always under the table and water under the table, and it's all peace and love, man. It's, yeah, it's music, man. Yeah, yeah it, there's no time. That, to that happens though, man. I mean, that, so, that's and just, it, it you know, happens. Yeah. It happens, and it's unfortunate. Uh, and I'm guilty of losing my temper, man. I ain't gonna mm -hmm. say I'm I'm innocent of that. Hey, I'm guilty of it too. Uh, but well, I, but I've been saying, I've been saying, you know, what I, my opinion on this show, you know, right. and, and some of my opinions, I'm sure some people, you know, right. are, and I, aren't and, gonna love it, but yeah, it is what know, it is. Um, I can say a lot of different stuff, but you know, <laughs> I look, I'm, I'm Catholic, man. I try to go to church on Sundays as much as I can. Uh, but you know, I believe that there's uh, you need to forgive and let mm -hmm. things go, man, and not harbor hate inside you because mm -hmm. it damages you, man. It takes you to another realm. Anger takes you to another realm, man. Mm -hmm. And anger, if it festers inside you, man, yeah, and you keep it, you keep, keep it, it, and keep, yeah. it, you can't let it dwell. And yeah. so I, I, I believe on letting. Uh, things go and you know so other musicians that I've ever had uh, running with uh, you know they're always welcome at my jams man yeah. but again you sh uh, that's a great idea to advertise the band and just say you know and yeah. then make it it's the Dave Hayes man and if we decide we want to make it into a jam then that's right. the better way to go like Brian Ruskin has done that at the Phoenix yes. right he has his band and he's right. asked me you know anytime that you want to come bring your instrument do right. it you know right. and, and so but it's his show it's not right. a jam and 
He'll have, you know, a couple of us up there. Right, and then, yeah. see, it's different, like, for cats like you and sax players and horn players, and it's different, man. Yeah. It's easier, it's, it's, it's right. sweeter, mm-hmm. it makes the music sound tastier mm-hmm. with what you guys do. Not, uh, it's harder that when you get another drummer in there or another guitar player mm-hmm. in there, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's more easier and simpler to just squeeze you guys in, man. Here, right. get go stand in the corner right. and blow that horn, man. Or go over there and hook up with your violin. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like sure. you start bringing a guitar player and his amps, and mm-hmm. then it starts changing things right. and, and the tones. Right, right, right. You guys are like the like the icing on the cupcake, mm-hmm. man, yeah. and the cherry on top. We're not top. the cupcake. We're the you're icing on the cupcake. You're not the cupcake, but you're the icing, yeah. you're the sweetness of it, man. Yeah. So I agree. You know, I, I, I wholeheartedly love all instruments, uh, any kind of, uh, you know, wind instruments mm-hmm. or string instruments, man. Uh, but when you get into the guitar and bass realm and drumming realm, then that changes, that starts changing everything and mm-hmm. the focus of things, man. Yeah, man. So you said something interesting before we started, and, and I, I kind of felt this way too, that at first, so here's my example, is that I was doing a lot of classical, and then I liked doing, I had listened to rock for a long time, so in college I kind of started to play the rock band, and so I was kind of had this rock classical kind of thing, and I definitely want, I liked jazz, and I, I you know started listening to some more and whatever, but then these random guys called me to come play in a country band, and I was like, country, you know, and I was just like, okay, I'll go try it, you right. know, and, and later on, I actually really liked it, because oh, I didn't man. really know what it was, but yeah. my point is, is that I had this kind of, this, this kind of direction that I was wanting to go, right. and, you know, especially like doing only originals, I'm going to do this jazz, I'm going to have this integrity with my, you know, that, that was my stupid young person right. view, and... And then I went over and I was like, you know what? I actually don't hate cover tunes. I have 500 cover CDs in my CD. Right. You know, it's right, like, right. I, I'm, I keep thinking I hate cover tunes. But right. I don't really actually hate, co- you know, and so right. I was fooling myself. And I was thinking I didn't like country. And I was listening to some other, like, and this, these 30 songs are freaking awesome, you know? Right, so, right, right, right. And, he, and you were talking about kind of the the idea of where you had your your kind of dream at first and then you know kind of where we end yeah. up and it's it's kind of kind of crazy how that works huh you know yeah yeah um uh, when i was young uh, i had that dream i was early 10 or i started about nine or ten and that's what i wanted to do man was play drums and i and i was good that uh, a quick story yeah dude. i took my dad down to my dad wasn't a big music fan. Mm. He he liked old school music, but he wasn't interested in his son being a musician. He <laughs> wanted his son to be a lawyer or a doctor or go to school, learn something. Oh. Okay, so I love my dad. God yeah, bless him. yeah, yeah. So my dad, I took him down to Big Dudes. I must have been nine or ten years old. There was a drum set down there that I really wanted. I really wanted it real bad. And so behind Big Dudes, before it was Big Dudes, it used to be a Mexican restaurant. Mm -hmm. So the guy that sold it to Big Dudes sold the building, but behind it, he still owned the behind there. He still made tortillas Mm -hmm. in the back. 
So I worked back there for like three summers and saved my money and saved it. And I finally took my dad down to Big Dudes and said, man, hey, come on. I dragged him down there after work. I finally got him down there. Sat down on the drum kit, started playing. The guy at the, the guy, uh, the salesman goes, man, you know, your kid's really good. I, I was showing my dad, look, Pop, I can play, you know, and he's like, man, your kid's really good. You need to, you know, man, he's really a good kid. He mm -hmm. knows how to play. And my dad, he just didn't buy that mm -hmm. shit, man. He mm -hmm. wasn't going to buy it. He, Later, maybe some other time. Come on. Mm -hmm. So... That just drove me, man, to, man, I'm going to get this drum kit, man. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a drum kit. It may not be this one, yeah. but I'm going to get something. And so that just, you know, that the drive maybe yeah. influenced mm -hmm. me to want to do it, man. So, mm -hmm. um, but I got that. I did that. And, and the music, uh, you know, I, uh, by the time I, once I started playing, uh, you know, I assume, man, by the time I'm 35 or something, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be rich or I'll be somewhere. Yeah. I'll be famous or never happened, man. What happened? And I can tell you exactly what happened, man. I wouldn't be where I am today. Uh, had it not be, I mean, I'm, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm blessed and I love where I'm at today. But it's not where I wanted to be, mm -hmm. because just like all of us, we have a we right. want to go somewhere, and it's not where I wanted to be. Had I had gone to to the East Coast or to the West Coast, I'd have done something. I'd have been somewhere. I'd have gone somewhere, because my determination that I have inside me, and and that I've always had, could have driven me there and took me there. Mm -hmm. Uh, just like an uh, uh, just like an actor that leaves from here and wants to go be an actor Broadway, in California. Blah, 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 yeah. yeah, man, they got this determination that they're gonna do it, well, regardless what it's gonna take. Well, that's what I have in me, and I've always had that, but I never left here, man. Hmm. So all those young players that are out there, they're badasses. Don't stay here, man. Hmm. Go, leave, get out of here. Go. Hmm. To the West Coast, to the East Coast, Seattle, L.A., Memphis, uh, you know, uh, Nashville, uh, New York, man, where all those, where all the music scene is, mm. that's where you need to be, right? Mm. That was where I failed. That's mm. what happened, and that's why I'm here today. And or else I wouldn't be here, man. I'd be doing. I I always wanted to play concert stage. Mm. You know, big concert stage, thousands of people. Right. You know, just one time, right. that just one time, I would be happy to do that. But you know, that was always my goal, man. Tour and play music all the time, man. You know, that's yeah. what I wanted to do. I own a business now. I, mm -hmm. I I run and own my own business, and I got my own crews, and and uh, so aside from the music. Mm -hmm. which I dearly love and always will play. Uh, I have to do that to make our earning, too. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's got to do something. But, right. um, yeah, man, I wouldn't be here. I'd be touring, man. I'd be playing music, writing tunes, mm -hmm. uh, 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 just composing and producing. and Oh, man. Yeah. But I just got stupid and lazy mm -hmm. and, and played the bar scene and played bars mm -hmm. and... Played with bands that just stuck with bars and mm -hmm. 
I've been trying to hook up with somebody who plays original material. It's always original material, mm -hmm. man. I can't stress that harder or to anybody who's doing that. It's if anybody wants to do it, it's it's all original material. Mm -hmm. It's got to be your own stuff. You know that that's interesting. You talked about that because I think the day job thing is a problem. You know, I mean, and we we've all yeah. dealt with it. And I've heard obviously stories about. Uh, one of my buddy keeps talk, talking about like his band was crappy in the 90s and they were playing five nights a week. You know, he, he was right. talking about just the scene in general now as opposed to 70s, 40s, 90s, right. whatever. But he was talking about some of these guys could, they had so much work that they could make a living just playing. And now it seems like I don't know if I know any musician in town that just plays. And they, they just can't, you know, there might be a couple that I don't know of, but right. most of us have our other thing, our other right. other gig. And uh, for me, it's teaching lessons. You know, I have a whole bunch of lessons, so there's my day right. job. And then I, and, and I get to play and make, you know, a fourth to whatever, fourth to a tenth to a half of your income can be this other playing thing. You know, if you gig quite a bit, you can make some money, you know, but, right. but everybody has to find their thing. And you were talking about the idea of setting the goal of here's my goal, but that was before I got a job. You know, that, that was like in college and before I really knew what real world, you know, and all right, that. And, right, and then really I get out here and then I'm like, oh man, you know, right. I, what I could, so I was thinking like what I could have is three to five gigs a month and be playing fun shows with a band or whatever. Right. And, you know, what is that? Is that nothing? Well, no, that's something, that's you something. know, and, and then so that, so that's the, that's the idea of deciding, I think what your, what your goal is, you know, is the goal. Right. And that's where I had to kind of, and I don't know, I've had some people on the, on the show that, that think that that's a bad idea. I need to like, maybe what you were talking about is you need to go for it. You need to, you need to start. You know, these guys were like, you need to pick a year, like, like when yeah. you're 24 and literally practice all year. And, and you need to go for it. You need to move to, you know, move to Nashville move, and just, and, and then I've heard other guys that, you know, talking about the safe play, right? The safe play is make this an extra thing in your life, have your day job, et cetera. And I, I don't know, you know, man, there's the serious musician and there's the working musician mm -hmm. and there's the hobbyist musician. There's mm -hmm. look, um, I was, I've been fortunate, thank God, I've been fortunate to be able to do cruise, go on a cruise ship and leave for four months and mm -hmm. six months, man, at a time. Um, uh, Dave Hayes, man, before I left on this last cruise to Europe, we were playing seven nights a week, man. Mm -hmm. Dave Hayes, man, and I don't, I can't exactly tell you the the, the bars, but right. they were all jam sessions. Right, one was right. Liberty, one was on Troost, uh, one was Llewellyn's, one was the Firehouse, one was, right, right. but this was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, right. yeah. seven nights a week. And uh, we were fortunate enough to play all those nights, man. So. Uh, I gotta give it to Dave and, and Paul. They're busy, always cooking, man. So, uh, which is great. Which every serious musician 
that lives by playing music usually does. They're hustling, man, because that's what they want to do. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. On the other end, there's things that I'd like to acquire in life that I want to move in, move up. Right. And maybe right. buy another classic ride or, you know, I, I mm -hmm. collect classic rides. Uh, but I like to have, you know, not that I need another one. I ain't going to buy another one. But what I'm saying is to acquire better things, I need, we all need money. Right, sure. So for me to, it's not, I'd rather work during the day, man, and and maybe make some more money on my own business. I have an avenue that I can make more money by mm -hmm. running my own business. So I'm, I'm going to take advantage of that. I don't mind working hard during the day. I get up at, at 6. I'm usually at work by 8. I got my crew going. I usually go from one job, then I'll go to the next, see everything's working, go get materials, do what I got to do, and put eight hours in and, and go home, you know, and mm -hmm. come home. And my day is more enjoyable like that because I feel like I've accomplished something that sure. day, man. Yeah. You know, I've finished the guy's house or, man, we just painted this guy's house and he's, he's loving it. And I'm happy and everybody's happy and we're all... You know, and mm -hmm. then and I, at the end of the job, I get paid for it. I get my money and I go home and I have my gig money and I have my work money. So it pays bills, mm -hmm. man. Um, so, but it's just all in the musician, man. There's musicians that got their, hey, like, uh, there's a couple of musicians that have day jobs, man. They're dedicated to their day jobs. Mm -hmm. Monster players, I ain't gonna mention yeah, names. Right. Monster players, and I love them to death. Mm -hmm. They're my brothers. But they they work for corporate, man. They mm -hmm. got a corporate job. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they only get two weeks vacation and uh, or paid, and and you know they have to go to work. They have to be there every week and every day mm -hmm. and. You know, and it's 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 different, but they play. They still play full time if they can, right. whenever they're they're available. So those to me, those guys are hard ass. They're they're the they're the hard kickers of the of the of the mm -hmm. music scene. Those are guys that really put a lot of effort into their music and life. I I would say. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and and then the the other. This is one thing that, again, sorry for everybody if I'm repeating myself, but this is another one that I've wanted to bring out on the show a lot is the, because you were talking about the, the, the kind of purposes of why somebody is coming into a jam. You know, for me, I'm trying to hustle. You know, I, I, I want a good experience, a musical experience on stage. Yeah. I want to get to know people like yourself. You know, I'm not even coming to the jam for fun. I want, you know, I'm trying, it, right, fun right. is secondary, just like what you said. This job is first, music right. second, you sure. know. So I, I look at hustling and having a great music, I'll just say it right out loud. While other guys, it's fun first, if it's good, well, okay, you know. And so the same thing now with picking bands, you know, of why you're in this band right now, and you just kind of hit on it, is that this guy is not trying to become the next Steven Tyler. You know, he has a huge day gig. This is blow off steam for him, you know, right, and then you exactly. have, or like a Dave Hayes, maybe who, you know, I, I'm a big name, you know, I'm, I'm in the scene deep, 
You know, right. I'm, I'm trying to run jams, get to know right. everybody. Right, he's in a scene deep. He's I wish you would book more gigs. Right? <laughs> but, um, but you know but what I'm saying, where you have two different people yeah, that have two different mentalities. Right. Then you get into a, then you try, this one guy wants to have a band, and now he has a certain idea of not even, not even the little stuff, like we're going to play originals, we're going to do this song, we're, but it's the, the general like commitment level you know, to, to this group, you know, how many nights a week do you have free? Do you even give a crap about this? Or is it just kind of fun? That's always been a big problem with, uh, with pro players and and other players that are, are, are not at the same level, but still want to get a band together and they're, you know, and they're just trying to make things work. But it's hard, man, because the the working players, the upper class upper classmen players, don't think the same as lower class players. And what I mean by that is, uh, a lot of us are like mentality. It's an it's a work thing. So we're working. We're it's a, it's not only a business, but it's a work. Uh, you know. Uh, um, it, it takes work to do that. Sure. Uh, and you gotta, uh, if you're gonna have a band, let me give you a prime example. I just joined a band right now, and uh, these are not what I would, for me, they're not, I, you know, they're lower class players, they're mm-hmm. lower classmen for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't even expecting me to play. They were honored for me to play, and I'm right. not. I'm not. I'm not trying to make my head big. I'm yeah, not. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, not going you. there. But they were saying, "Man, it's it's great. We appreciate you playing with us," and and I'm doing it because I I've got friends in that band that are mm-hmm. friends of mine, and and I want to help them out, man. And mm-hmm. I know you know, hey, it'll sound good. Let me help you. Let me give you some of my advice. Let me help you. So. Their thought of playing and, and my ex- uh, thought train or thought uh, are two different levels, man. Mm-hmm. So I had to go in there and tell them, look, we're going to have to, this is what I'm just expecting out of you. Mm-hmm. If you guys could do this, I'm in. We can make this happen. So uh, it has to, uh, we all have a different level, man. All of us mm-hmm. have a different level, but uh, it's hard because... All the pro players or the bigger players can't commit, man. We can't, a lot of us can't commit. We just want to go in there and do the gig. We don't want to spend the time putting it together. Look, I don't have two months to stay in the garage and practice, man. I want to go and do the gig. I'm good enough that I I promise you I can follow you. I can do the gig and do it well. Uh, Now, if you're talking about making it a real tight band and making it really happen and doing something else with it, I'm all in if it's all going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you got the correct players. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you got to... Uh, I'm real sticky. Again, we're, we're picky on who we play with, too. Yeah. But, on the other hand, I don't want to other players to think that I'm stuck up and shit because mm-hmm. I want to play, and I'll play with anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, uh, the train, the, the different level of thought, because they want to do, 
you know, they're, they're wanting to do different stuff that I'm telling them, man, everybody else does that. We don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. We want to do something different. You want to do different stuff. You don't want to do Mustang Sally. You don't want to do Shaky Ground. Right, right. You don't want to do this or that. Because those songs everybody does or yeah. or tore down or you know, right. just you wanna do something that's not normal that people right. will say, Man, that sounds good. You guys, man, you know, where'd you pull that out of? You know, well you said so what I've been curious about that kind of idea is that I think up until now, especially from, I don't know, after high school, I've been annoyed at this idea that when I feel like I have a pretty, pretty, you know, 150 page solid argument of why this is going to be the right way for us, you know, right. where, where I can, I'm, you know, I'm just going to absolutely light them up in a debate, you know, right. with, with right. this, this musical concept or that me. And well, when you, you, you said one quick thing is that you said what I want and you laid it out sort of at the beginning. You know, this is what I'm looking for. So you're setting expectations a little bit on your uh, from yourself to them right. when you're in a band. So that's one. But second of all is when you've set the expectations or when the band has or whatever. And let's say you have a person that's not even close, you know, not not even close to pulling their weight or right. d totally different uh that's what you, I call dead meat, man. Dead meat. Yeah. And so my, my thing is what I've been frustrated about is what I want the solution to be is I can fix them and I can fix it. That's what I, when I was younger, I wanted that to be the solution. And if I were to take the mentality of I'm not going to be able to fix him and then I just make the solution, I go find like-minded individuals, which is the solution that I've heard more people saying right. my problem was I keep feeling like I'm giving up and this thing isn't fixed there, there's a problem here of this person you know right. keeps keeps playing the wrong chord well, on this it, stupid song and I want right. to make him play it right and fix this problem right. I happened? feel like I'm not fixing the problem when I just move on to a different group right but what happens what I mean? is that drags everything down and that root that just it takes more time to make things happen. Uh, a, a, a player that kind of knows what they're doing will assemble that quickly. Yes. We'll put it together quickly yeah. and say, okay, there it is, let's move on. Mm -hmm. Guys that don't know what they're doing will stumble and take time to learn it. And will have to take time to learn it when, mm -hmm. again, a, a guy that knows what he's doing will just do it quickly and take care of the problem and get it done. So the so, solution is pick the right people. I mean, that, that's and, and it's uh, not even for him, but it's for you, right? Yeah. I mean, how much time are you wasting you with common, this? Common sense in a band yeah. with dead meat and mm -hmm. uh, dead weight, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Now, what I mean by that is I, I played in this band where the guy had, it was a great band. It was just a five of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he had his wife play in the band, and she was the sixth member. All she did was play tambourine, and she could barely sing, man. But he insisted that she had to be in the band because she, of course, you know, she made him do that, right? So She's in his ear. She had yeah. to be in the band, and but it was definitely dead space, and, mm -hmm. and actually to the point where uh, you know, it didn't work. It wasn't mm -hmm. working for the band. It was like, 
she can't sing that or don't hit it right there or no, you're going too fast on the tambourine or you're not in sync or, you know, it was just didn't yeah. work. So that's what I mean by common sense and uh, dead, dead weight. Uh, the guy knowing that it's his band, man, you know, common sense is going to tell you, dude, you got to take your wife to the side and be nice to her and tell her you just can't be in the band. Mm -hmm. it just, it's not working. You, you know, it's not going to work. Functionally, it's not working correctly, and you you can't be in the band. So you have to use common sense, too, man. Uh, for me, when I put, like, my band fail, uh, I tried to get just five guys and five of the best players, man, and, and, and it turned out perfect. It was the band that I wanted. Uh, it was sounded just like I wanted. It was... It, it was just like uh, uh, f uh, like a f uh, Latin fusion stuff. Mm -hmm. It was really cool, man. Uh, so, um, and and it all worked only because I had all good players, man. I hand selected them. Mm -hmm. I want that guy. That guy I want. This guy is gonna work too. There's so much of the playing stuff that just goes away. Like you said, you know, when you get really good players, there's stuff that you never have to deal with. Right? I don't have you to know, deal you, with you, that. You, you there were so many obstacles, yeah. so many obstacles that I didn't that I could just hurdle because it mm -hmm. corrected itself yeah. mm -hmm. because of these guys being pro players, man. They know when they messed up. They know when yeah, they messed yeah. up. Man, that's not gonna work right there. Okay, let's do it again. Two, three, bam, bam. Came out perfect. Yeah. Okay, he's gonna remember that. Right. We'll remember that when we do the show, and when we did the show, that's that's showtime, man. It's time to, okay, I'm gonna check these guys out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on their asses. I wanna be. I want a good yeah. show. And man, it turns out it turned out perfect. Yeah. yeah. And so what I've been, f fascinated by, is, you talked about that conversation with the wife or whatever. When I bring up this attitude, like you said, of the having common sense, well, maybe you and I might get accused of being mean, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you know I, you know what I mean? I don't right. know what to say to those guys because it's just right. like, well, you know, and this is, this is back to the jam thing. Right, it right. is the same problem. Well, it's it's not. Is that we're, they're, they're going like, well, yeah, but you're being mean. And I'm like, well, right, but you, you know, know what, you got to get over that, uh, man. There's a time when you... You got to put meanness and and common sense aside. I mean, uh, for instance, I've had a couple of guys at the gym that had a couple of too many drinks, mm -hmm. and they get up there, and I told Paul, "Don't let that guy get up, man, mm -hmm. because he's a, he already just sounds awful, and Talking. he's already toasted. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's already lit up, and don't let him up there because when he gets up there." He's going to make, it's going to get worse. Yeah. And then people are going to frown on that and they, they don't like that. That's not entertainment for them, yeah. man. So for me to, and then I, I, I you know, I, that's the kind of common sense stuff that I'm talking about. That ain't being mean, man. You know what? If I had a big hook, dude, like the, like on the gong show when they used to pull that girl up. Yeah, I'd have me a hook, man. <laughs> and I wouldn't be shy to use it, but. You know, again, you don't want to be mean, but you you certainly want to use common sense, and and you know uh, you can do it politely too by not even just inviting them up. Hey, man, you know what? We're gonna 
we're gonna just wait or you know there's somebody in front of you or right but again man you have to deal if 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 it's a jam session you're gonna have to deal with all the knuckleheads mm -hmm. we've already started that role for us me and dave and the dave hayes man we've we've already initiated ourselves to the jam thing everybody knows us up Go to Dave Hayes, man. You can jam, you know. Everybody knows you can sit in. So the whole thing now is to do it, like you said, is to get a gig where, you know, we're going to strictly just Dave Hayes, man, and mm -hmm. hey, we invite you. You show up with your fiddle, man. Mm -hmm. Come on up, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we're, so. we're, getting, we're getting close here. Probably, uh, did, can you think of a another, like, gig experience that you had that you'll never forget or you know one that was good or one that was horrible that's really hilarious now but not so funny at the time you know like uh paul talked about one where the cops came right it you know the cops came to get a guy and they had to come oh. through the bar i mean that was a silly one but i'll tell you one um i got arrested <laughs> this was at sturges i was with the bad blue 88 I love Blue 88, yeah. man. They're my good people. Uh, I was at Sturgis with Blue 88. Uh, I had to go real bad. We were on stage. Big show. Mm -hmm. It was a great show. Sturgis, you know, Sturgis is crazy, man. It's, it's yeah. wildness. Yeah. So uh, we're doing a show. I had to go real quick. She's looking at me. I'm saying, okay. So we take break. Okay, we'll be right back. I jump off the stage. I jump. Go run down the steps. The bathrooms are, there's, they're all full. Okay, mm -hmm. so I run around the corner into the alleyway, and I start to mm -hmm. relieve myself behind a, a Coke machine. So I'm behind the Coke machine, and I hear this guy go, hey, what are you doing back there? And so I'm, I'm behind a Coke machine, so I lean back like this, and I see there's like six sheriff man oh goodness six policemen and they're all walking down this alleyway and the silhouette yeah. from the lights and everything made them look like six sheriff looking coming down oh, with guns slinging ready to go right so they come up on me and they go hey what are you doing back there and i go by that time i kind of already yeah. sit there i go oh i'm just checking to see if it's plugged in he goes, it's plugged in. Come here. I know what you're doing. He goes, you're under arrest. So we're on break. This is mm -hmm. break time. We're just taking a 15-minute break. He arrests me. I go, man, I'm doing a show right now. He goes, you, I can't, I, you can't arrest me. He goes, no, you're under arrest. He goes, if you want him to bail you out, you got to go to the end of the... I got him, I'm going to take you to the, end of the, um, to the end of the alleyway where they got the command post. So he arrests me, and I'm telling my girlfriend, who I, at the time, I don't know who it was, I tell her, go tell Blue 88 I'm getting arrested. <laughs> so I go up there. He's got me in handcuffs. We're in break, man. He's got me in handcuffs up there, and he's get, it's a $250 fine for urinating in public. So, of course, they make good money, right? How many people are urinating in public over there, right, man? They make cash. They make bank oh, on that. So I'm like this, 
And he goes, it's 250 on for your bail right now to, to get for me to release you. And I go, I think I got the money in my pocket, man. I just got paid from a gig. Mm -hmm. he, he releases me. I reach in my pocket. $250. Here, man. Here. Oh, man. I put the rest in my pocket. He released me, signed the paper, gave me my piece of paper. I run to the stage just in time that they were getting, they were looking at me. Mark was up there. Sue was up there. The bass player was up there. Ready to play, man. I just got up there in time to oh, jump on the crazy. stage, grab my sticks, and start playing, dude. I was freaking out. Oh, yeah. So so I'm surprised they even gave you paperwork. Right? Yeah. See, see, that's what's funny to me. Even at right. Sturges, I mean, they don't even take you to the show. They just take you over here to this booth because they have right. so much riffraff going on right. at that place. Oh, they yeah. had like seven guys in there. Yeah, seven I see. That's, people, that's crazy. Yeah, they don't give a crap It's about a command that. post. It's a moneymaker. It's yeah, a skate. Yeah. It's just, they just yeah. run through the mail. And oh, that's crazy, Hey, man. you can't do that. Hey, yeah. you Yeah, come on. <laughs> but that's, that's probably one of my uh, famous little stories oh, that funny. I had. But... I, there's a couple other ones. Yeah. Uh, quickly, the best concert that I, the biggest one I've ever played, uh, with uh, lots and lots of people that I really enjoyed, was um, I did play. Uh, I opened up for Nicolette Larson mm -hmm. at uh, Sandstone or not Sandstone uh, Starlight Theater, mm -hmm. and then we did a gig at Sandstone, but that wasn't a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But the most, one of the most biggest gigs I had was with Samantha Pierce. We mm -hmm. did a gig, a show with her. So um, I, I enjoyed a lot of the stuff that we did with Samantha Pierce and, and, and uh, you know, going on the road and doing mm -hmm. that stuff. Uh, but aside from that, all those other, uh, there, was a, there, was a, there was a few stories, but that's probably one of my best ones. Yeah, that's know? funny. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, it just all timing. It was just at that point. It was just a matter of timing, and it and it just amazed me how it all went so quickly and processed so quickly that it was like, okay, you can get out of jail. Give me your money. Go. You know, I was like, it was like, and then you're, and then two seconds later, you're like back yeah, up on stage right, ready to play a gig. Again. Right. Yeah, I'm not, that's yeah it was just like quickly, man. It was like you want your money or get. Yeah, oh, give that's your funny. Money. Yeah, yeah so. and, and definitely we all play. Uh, with different mentalities because sometimes you'll get over and these people are like super it's like a private party and you know them and everything's just chill and the people are nice and then you like get into Sturges or another random bar right. where everybody's a complete like dickhead you know the owner's a dickhead and like the I mean and right. the whole crowd is you know in a fist fight and like I mean you just get crazy different you know different right. mentalities and stuff and then you do somebody like even myself where then you get to go play in like a symphony where everything is, you know, like proper and everybody's in suits and, you know, and then you go back over to like the Winfield Bluegrass Festival with all these like hippie guys and everything's grungy and you're sitting around a campfire. Like it's just it's the different things you get to play oh, for as a musician. You know, I admire those like bluegrass players. Those mm -hmm. are my, that's my favorite. A lot of that music is my favorite, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people look at me like I'm nuts because I'm Latino, but believe it or not, bluegrass is one of my favorites. That's cool, I love, man. I love bluegrass, man. Uh, Brother, Where Art Thou, that CD. Dude, I could listen to that all yeah. day long, I swear to God. I love that CD. 
bluegrass. I can. I wish I could pick. I wish I could pick the banjo or something, man. I just want to. I just want to jam with those guys. I could sit there for hours and listen to those guys. Yeah, that's man. cool, man. So yeah, that's really cool stuff. I admire that a lot, man. Well, I think we're about pretty good here. Um, again, uh, Danny Montero, thanks for All coming, right, man. man. Yeah, right, no problem. And uh, um, again, he's he's playing Dave Hayes band, so come check them out. They're yep. playing all over town, and and. I know, you know, sometimes you sit in with some people, so you're playing all over the place, yeah. and um, definitely always appreciate uh, appreciate getting to play with you, man. I never have to worry about you back there, you know? Uh, you know all the songs, you got a good pocket, you, you know, you don't fun, overplay. Man. We didn't really talk too much about that today, but um, I'd love some time to have your whole uh, Dave Hayes band come in and do a music talk with all three yeah, of you that'd guys. Be that'd cool, be real man. fun. Yeah, that'd be so maybe cool. Maybe we could we set could that set up. Set that up and do that. We'd love to do that. Have you guys with your instruments too? We could play, yeah. talk, play, talk, and that'd be that'd be that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, me. yeah. That that'd be cool. Maybe even do an acoustic vocal thing or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So, so cool, yeah, man. yeah, that's really cool. I appreciate you uh, interviewing me and stuff like that, man. It's really yeah, cool. no problem, dude. That, um, all right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. Get out of here. We're done. See you guys later. All right. Thanks. <laughs>